The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Iron Bowl Eve here on the Plains on a Friday, November 24th, 2023. Happy late Thanksgiving. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday uh, with family, friends, loved ones. Uh, Thanksgiving is is my favorite holiday, and I hope it is for you, and I hope you had a fantastic one with everybody yesterday. Iron Bowl Eve with the Iron Bowl coming up tomorrow between Auburn and Alabama. The biggest time of the year, the best time of the year in the state of Alabama. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone, and we're here inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Friday afternoon. Nobody else is at the office, but we are here at the studio getting you ready for Auburn and Alabama. Uncle T-Bone, happy Friday, brother. Happy late Thanksgiving to you, and happy Iron Bowl Eve. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We're holding down the fort here at ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goins and I, Uncle T-Bone, wouldn't have it any other way, though. Huge, huge show today, breaking down the Iron Bowl. It's here, folks. It's Iron Bowl weekend. It's like Christmas here in the state of Alabama. We wait for it and wait for it and wait for it and wait for it all year. And then it gets here, and just in a flash of our eyes, it's gone. So it's going to be a great show today. And, uh, boy, boy, I'm really excited to be here for my very first uh, in-studio Iron Bowl, Jacob. Well, what a gorgeous day it is here in Auburn. It's supposed to be nice again tomorrow. Um, Weather is perfect. A little bit chilly yesterday. I loved it, though. I love the colder weather. But it's 63 and sunny today, and it's going to be 63 and sunny, partly cloudy tomorrow with a, uh, according to the Weather Channel, 6% chance of rain. So everything should be good to go. Weather should not be a factor tomorrow for Auburn and Alabama. And as Uncle T-Bone said, busy show on tap for you today coming up at 2 30 brad law for the auburn sports network will join us as he normally does on thursdays uh, but able to get him on today to talk about the iron bowl and uh, he's just a, a wonderful guy to have on and, and a perfect time to have one of the uh, best at the auburn sports network to join the show so he'll join us at 2 30 and then Coming up at 3 o'clock, Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Normally have him on Wednesday. We're going to have him today right at 3 o'clock. He's going to join us. That's the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama, BamaCentral.com. Austin Hannon will join us at 3 o'clock. So we get some time to talk. We'll have a couple of guests, and then we get to wrap it up in the second hour as well. Outside of those two guests, phone lines are open. We want to hear from you on a Friday afternoon, day before the Iron Bowl. We're approaching 24 hours till kickoff between Auburn and Alabama. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And ultimately, what are your picks and predictions? Give us a call on the phone lines, 334 334- 
321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you all show long unless we have a guest on. But other than that, we want to hear from you. Uh, Tebow, quickly before we talk Auburn-Alabama, some results that have been happening in college football, NFL football, college basketball. Man, this is one of the best times of the year because everything is going on right oh, yeah. now. If you're a sports fan, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than this right now with college basketball beginning to uh, gain steam and catch its stride, college football coming to the end of the season. But this is always when it's the uh, – I mean, like I said the la- a couple of weeks ago, the last couple of uh, laps at the uh, Indianapolis 500 with everybody uh, trying to uh, jockey for position, NFL – playoffs are uh, approaching here soon hey so, my Packers got a win yesterday yeah, that, that they was won on a, Thanksgiving a day surprising to me and, Love my, it. and my Cowboys got a big win that was not surprising to me uh we talked about the Egg Bowl uh, yeah. on Wednesday about how Mississippi State would keep that pretty close uh, I believe the line when we spoke about it was 10 and a half 11 points or so so they got under that number uh Ole Miss uh since taking a drubbing over in Athens the last couple of weeks really leaking oil and just don't quite look the same Another 10-win season, though, for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. It's his second one there, and I just don't think many people could accomplish that. They haven't in the past, and whether you like Lane Kiffin or not, whether you think he's a good coach or not, whether you think he's a good dude or not, you can't argue that he's winning over there. 10-win season again for Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl. Yeah, I think you might have to go back to like 1958-ish the last time Ole Miss won an SEC conference championship. Still searching for that trip to Atlanta since the division split in 1992. Another 10-win season. I was on a show in Alex City this afternoon before coming down here called the Auburn Blitz. A lot of people talking about Lane up in that area and on that show and callers saying that he might be at Texas A&M's choice. I don't see it. I don't think it's a great fit. But, you know, he is uh, he has done well. He has done well at Ole Miss, and he proclaimed after that Georgia game, it's hard to beat Georgia when uh, they have 24 five-stars and we have one. That's a problem over there in Ole Miss, and I don't think that NIL is going to really go head up against the Texas and Oklahomas of the world either. Yeah, well, if things fall correctly for Ole Miss, they'll be back in another New Year's Six Bowl. Um, they'll be in a big one regardless, but they need some things to happen around them to squeeze into one of those New Year's Six Bowls. But, again, another 10-win season for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss with a nice Egg Bowl win, a sloppy, low-scoring Egg Bowl last night, but it's always a lot of fun. One of my favorite games to watch on Thanksgiving night. Other games going on right now in college football. Oklahoma uh, trying to close out TCU. You have Iowa and Nebraska in the uh, lowest point total ever for a college football game was set at, I believe it got down to 25. Is that what it was? Yeah, 24, I believe. 24, right maybe 24 there. and a half. Yeah. It was right in there. The lowest total ever for a college football game. And don't you worry, they're about to go under. It's 10-10. Even if they kick a field goal, you'll still be that. If you get a touchdown, you'll be over. And if you're betting the over on this game, you need to uh, you need to call the betting number that they provide because what a disaster of a game that yeah, is. 10-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter. 339 left you don't know it might go to overtime and save the overs from uh from it going under oh horrible couple of other games going on nothing too crazy uh utsa and tulane coming up that's a really interesting game utsa eight and three tulane ten and one you have missouri and arkansas that'll be at three o'clock we'll kind of give you some updates yeah, on that. that jeff trailer at uh texas san antonio the road runners is uh, kind of been rumored to be linked to that A&M job. Yeah. I don't think that you pay $76 million 
to tell someone not to work for you anymore, to go hire the coach from uh, UTSA. I don't think they've been playing college football for very long. But, hey, if he's the right fit, he's the right fit. And I'm a huge, huge Tulane fan. They are about three weird plays from being undefeated. They had Ole Miss on the ropes Mm -hmm. and did not have their starting quarterback catch the green wave out of New Orleans. Yeah, that's a UTSA team that wanted to get off to a better start with Houston and Army took losses in those games Mm -hmm. and wanted to try and compete in Knoxville against Tennessee. Couldn't quite do it, but since then, they haven't lost since. So looking forward to that game. I mentioned Missouri-Arkansas already, and the big one tonight, a huge game tonight in the Pac-12 Oregon State, the number 16 team in the country, traveling to Eugene to take on the number six ranked Oregon Ducks and quarterback Bo Nix, who will be in New York for the Heisman ceremony, a game that has massive college football playoff applications uh, because if Oregon loses, they're out. And then if they were to turn around and beat Washington coming up next week in the Pac-12 championship game, this could completely destroy the Pac-12's chances after being probably the best conference in college football all season long. Not to mention uh, Texas hosting Texas Tech tonight. We saw the Texas Tech Red Raider band uh, yesterday in, yeah. uh, in the uh, New York uh, Thanksgiving parades. They look fantastic. Texas also looking to take care of business at home uh, tonight on ABC against the West Texans traveling into Austin. Texas looking to try and stay in playoff contention as well they have that huge huge advantage by going into uh, Alabama and uh, and trouncing the tide in week two so uh, that'll be an interesting game as well Oregon State Oregon like you talked about Oregon's red hot Oregon is red hot. Playing really good football. Playing really good football. Congratulations to him. You know, I hope he wins the Heisman Trophy, and I hope he has all the success in the world. The guy was a a, a great player at Auburn, and we sure do miss him. But, you know, uh, it just wasn't meant to be these last couple of years with Bo Nix at Auburn. I think Oregon takes care of business tonight, and I think Texas takes care of business tonight. Okay. And then you're going to have to go into championship weekend with those two conferences – Uh, and see where they play out after their conference championship games. Lots of good college basketball that's been played over the last couple of days as well. But before we talk about that and get into the Iron Bowl, let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. And John and Auburn, you're on the line with Uncle T-Bone and Jacob. Hey, Uncle T-Bone. Hey, Jacob. How you doing? Jacob, no ball game tonight. I don't know what you're going to do with your life. I know. I'm Uh, off on a Friday night for a first time in a while. I don't really know what to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, once you get to about 22 games in 90 days, it, uh, it starts wearing on you. But uh, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you hey, very much. I, I was going to say, I was, I was uh, at the New Mexico State game mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday, and I really thought, I, I mean, I'm from here. I've been following Auburn football for you know, the last 35 years. I really think that was the worst loss in program history. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, John. I, you know, look, it's not the end of the world, although it felt like it. Right, you know, thank goodness this happened right. in year one with Hugh Freeze and not year three. But uh, it's hard for me to compare another one to that. I never, and I'm like you, I've been following Auburn football for a very long time. I wrote a blog about it that I've been a, a an Auburn football fan since 1982 over at RadioFreeAuburn.com since Bo went sure. over the top. Um, you know, that's a good 40 years of fandom, and I never in my life would have ever thought, especially living through the 80s and those glory years with Pat Dye, that a conference U.S. team would roll up into Jordan-Hare Stadium and dominate us like New Mexico State has. But you know what? We don't really have time to dwell on that with Alabama coming to town, so let's turn the page. Well, we have to turn the page. And I would argue a home loss to Southern Miss or South Florida 
are the only two that would even be comparable. Mm-hmm. But New Mexico State well, is not quality of a program. But what I will say about this weekend and Alabama, you know, Alabama has never beat a ranked Auburn team in Jordan-Hare. But obviously this is an unranked Auburn team. But when I think about unranked Auburn versus ranked Alabama in Jordan-Hare, I can't really think of a game, maybe 2009, that Auburn's offense put up a decent showing. Normally those games were low scoring and all that. So I really feel like Auburn's in a situation tomorrow where Auburn's got to get 24-27 to have a chance. No, I think you're – I'm with you on that. I think multiple turnovers probably sink you tomorrow. For Auburn turnovers, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And so uh, I'm just I'm just interested in that, and I'm really interested in in seeing, um, you know, how much how much uh, Coach Freeze rolls the dice when he was at Ole Miss and building that program. He was a little bit more of a of of a gambler on offense, and then when you look at Jerry Kill last week, he took a lot of chances and uh, interesting play calls in game management. I think that's the kind of script one needs tomorrow. To, to have a chance. Yeah, I think that Auburn needs to uh, definitely pick its battles tomorrow, when to go for it on fourth and short, when not, when to punt, when to kick field goals. I'm a big believer in this game. I'm a big believer in the Iron Bowl that, you know, if you've got a fourth and goal from the three-yard line, go ahead and kick the field goal early in the game for sure. Take your points. Take your points. Let your defense breathe you know, with a little bit of a lead if you can grab it. Turnovers will just absolutely blast Auburn out of this game, especially with the uh, the history of Alabama's defensive backs being ball hawks and looking for uh, pick sixes. They do it just about better than anybody has under Nick Saban in the history of college football. So I'm with you. I mean, you're going to have to uh, – I think that Auburn has to get – somehow, some way has to even get to 31 points to win this game, and uh, that gives them a shot if they can control Jalen Milrow. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this, and I know you guys are up against a break, but mm-hmm. I'll say this. I, I know that I've always thought there's something weird just with the geography of where Auburn is, how this always sits with the 2.30 airtime on CBS. It, it, maybe it's the, the Jordan-Hare magic, but something about coming out in the second half and twilight has fallen at Jordan-Hare, as long as Auburn stays in the game until that point in time, Weird things can happen, but if but if this is a two score game in the second quarter and seventeen and a half, I think it's Katie Bar the door. Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well, John. We appreciate the call, man. Great to hear from you. Good day. That's John from Auburn joining us on the phone lines. A couple of things I wanted to, to to touch on that he brought up before we get to a break. And phone lines continue to be open. 334-321-1390. He talked about Auburn scoring points, right? And you look at the results since two thousand and eight. When Alabama snapped the six-game losing streak to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, you know how they did it in that game. They shut Auburn out. Tigers didn't score a point. And since that 2008 game, in all the games that Auburn has lost to Alabama in the Iron Bowl since 2008, here are their point totals. Are you ready for this? Lay it on me. 0, 21, 14, 0, 44. That's the most they've had in the 2014, which was such a weird game. 13, 12, 21, 13, 22 points in four overtimes and 27 points last year. What does that tell you? It tells you that Alabama beats Auburn when they hold them to 
in the mid-20s or low-20s or even in the teens. So what's happening, and this I know this sounds, well, duh, but Auburn is not beating Alabama by not scoring any points. Alabama's shutting Auburn's offense down in all of these games. The only time they scored a bunch of points was in 2014, like I mentioned. So Alabama, when they beat Auburn, they have to shut them down offensively. If Auburn can flirt with the 30s tomorrow, yeah, I think you have a chance to win. But in most of their losses, they haven't done that. They haven't done that since 2008. They're getting held to 17 to 24 points in that average range, and Alabama's having a field day in the games that they win. Yeah, that's not really uh, anything uh, indicative of Auburn during that time because Alabama has shut down just about everybody they've played at times under Nick Saban, especially from 2008 on. But keep in mind, in 2008, that was Tommy Tuberville's last year. I remember that game very well. It was only 10 to nothing at half, and Auburn drove down late in the first half and missed a field goal mm-hmm. and missed it badly, which really kind of sucked the oxygen out of that Auburn locker room. And then 2012, of course, being Gene Ch- Chizik's last year, uh, those weren't very good football teams. So you can kind of throw those two out as anomalies or outliers because Auburn was uh, – Definitely going to be finding new coaches next year, and those teams probably laid down at some point. So um, I'm with you. Alabama, that just proves that they've had a fantastic defensive run under Nick Saban, not just against Auburn, but against everybody. So, you know, there it is, folks. Somehow, some ways, you got to trust that Auburn's going to muster up some extra offense tomorrow against Alabama because over time the numbers have proved that they really don't. We'll keep talking about the Iron Bowl when we come back. Come on in and join us on a Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He is Uncle T-Bow and I'm Jacob Goins and we're talking Auburn and Alabama. We got a couple of minutes before Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will join us at 2.30. So looking forward to uh, talking with him uh, about his experiences with the Iron Bowl and what his thoughts are about the game tomorrow. Um, But John called in before the break and brought up a couple of points. We talked about Auburn having to score tomorrow and almost flirt with the 30 to have a chance in this game but he also talked about how being a Jordan Hare late November kickoffs at 2 30 the sun's going to be down but before the second half starts and I think John is is spot on with if Auburn wants to have a chance you've got to let the fans at Jordan Hare be a part of this experience you cannot let Alabama come in and put 24 on you and this be a two or three score game when the teams go in the locker room because we saw how Auburn looked last week coming out of the locker room when they were trailing and it was not good. And if you try to do that same thing tomorrow against Alabama down by two or three scores, the fans just can't get into it as much as they would if this is a tie ball game, three point ball game, touchdown ball game going either way, right? If you have a lead, then yeah, all things are I mean, this this place is going to get crazy. But if oh, yeah. you can at least be even I think within 10. If you can be within 10 points, you have a chance and that will give the fans at Jordan Hare a chance to be involved, be loud. You got the music blaring, you got the light shows going, the videos on the board. I mean, all of that can be a factor tomorrow as we've seen it numerous numerous times in this rivalry. But man, if you go down by 17 or 20 points at the half, 
it's over. I mean, there's. I don't see how Auburn can come back and let the fans be a part of it if you're down by that much at the half. If we're down by 20 at the half, Jacob, you'll be seeing Uncle T-Bone uh, exiting Jordan-Hare Stadium and looking for the nearest bar and looking for the nearest top shelf off that bar to ease the pain of what's coming in the second half because there yeah. are going to be some of the biggest and best talent in all of college football visiting tomorrow. And you can't tell me that Nick Saban in Alabama with the damage that Hugh Freeze has been doing to he and to Georgia and to other teams on the recruiting trail that they haven't had to deal with Auburn recruiting like this in years. Which is what's made Alabama so successful. Absolutely right. And developing that said talent. Right. But you cannot tell me that Nick Saban wouldn't want to go ahead and just say, look, recruits, the old man ain't going anywhere, and I know what's what. Right. To go on the road to Auburn where there's a bunch of Alabama guys that are going to be here tomorrow in the high school ranks. Nick Saban and this program would love nothing more than to come to Jordan-Hare, expose this team, and show to recruits, yeah, don't forget who we are. Don't forget who's been running this state for a while, and that's just where we are. That's just a fact. Yeah, I but mean, on it's the... no disrespect to Auburn. It's, right. it's not just this state. I mean, it's college football. Look, exactly. Since 2008, really, there hasn't been a better football program. You know, don't take it hard, Auburn fans. Auburn's had about as much success against Nick Saban as anybody in college football. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, since that time, you know, the great Nick Saban has allowed Auburn to win a national title and two SEC championships and play for another national title. So they're not infallible right they can be taken to the mat but what it's going to take is what you're saying getting off to a very very good start getting off hot and fast and getting that jordan hair crowd going because if we're down 20 at halftime there's really no pathway for coming back no and, and a, another part of that to kind of loop in the recruiting and, and auburn being in the game you want these recruits a lot of them most of them have already been here and they know what the atmosphere looks like But we all know the atmosphere takes a step up when it's the Iron Bowl, when it's a close Iron Bowl, a good game, when you get into that fourth quarter. Man, this Jordan-Hare is the best atmosphere in college football in that particular moment. It's not always that way because Auburn doesn't always give them something great to cheer about. Sure. But recruits want to see that. They want to see Jordan-Hare be Jordan-Hare. They want to see Auburn fans be the crazy Auburn fans we know and love. And they want to see a good competitive football game. And that's what Auburn needs, the program it needs. Like they they have to put on somewhat of a good showing tomorrow in the in the talks of recruiting, right? That's what we're going into right now for the next minute or so. We're talking recruiting. Auburn has to have a good performance tomorrow. I'm not saying you have to win. I'm not saying you gotta beat Alabama by two scores or anything like that. Don't get blown out, right? Give Give them something to look forward to. Give the fans something to cheer about. And let this be a good football game. And let the recruits stay and hang around. And when they walk out of there, say, wow, that was really awesome. And that's something I want to be a part of. If you haven't gone and looked at the visitor list for tomorrow, do yourself a favor and go look at it. We don't have time to run off all the names. No, we don't. I mean, there are so many dozens and dozens and dozens of kids that are going to be here the biggest names in high school football are going to be in auburn this weekend tomorrow and auburn has to do something about it if they want to continue this this success that they've had on the recruiting trail yeah go get with uh, friends from 106.7 espn radio jason caldwell at his site and brian matthews at their site and then take about an hour 
to go through how many visitors are going to be here and looking at their film and looking yeah. at where they're committed to, whether it be Auburn or somewhere else, who they're looking at. It's big-time talent. Baby. Jacob, I got a question for you. Okay. We talked about 2008 and 2012 earlier, and those were really rough years for Auburn. Would you think that this program right now in 2023 is in a little better shape than both of those years? Yes. What happened the next year after 2008, and what happened the next year after 2012? Good things. Good things. Really good things. In 2009, Gene Chizik came in. He stabilized uh, the program. They went to a, uh, I want to say, I used to call it the Hall of Fame Bowl. What's that? The Outback the Bowl. The Outback Bowl. Against Northwestern and, and, and in a very exciting game and got to nine wins in 2013. Gus Malzahn came in with Nick Marshall, got to the national championship game. So these recruits, if we can give them something to cheer for, give them a little hope, we're not that far off. Which is why tomorrow is so important. On the field, off the field, in the stands, outside, tailgating, everything. Tomorrow has to be one of the best days in Auburn football program history, Auburn fan history. It has to be that if you want to get these big-time recruits and get caught up with the rest of college football. We'll talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll have some things to say about the Iron Bowl. We'll talk some memories and talk some predictions for the Iron Bowl in 2023. Coming up tomorrow, Brad Law joins us next. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. On ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We are halfway through our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And this guy normally joins us on the phones on Thursday afternoons, but with yesterday being Thanksgiving, he was able to come on here on the Friday edition of On the Line. It's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Brad, hope you're doing well and hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving yesterday. I did, yeah, and, and likewise. Thanks very much for having us on. It's it's fun to come on and talk about this game. Well, let's get let's get right into it, Brad. We are twenty four hours away from kickoff between Auburn and Alabama in the Iron Bowl tomorrow in Jordan Hare Stadium. That that itself gets me excited and I know it does for you as well. Given everything that's happening, it's just exciting that we're almost finally here. Well think about this. If you have a chance to be a part of the best of anything that's a special thing and you don't want to take it for granted ever and um, those of us who have a chance to be any part of the greatest rivalry in college sports um, whether it's a fan whether it's in a working capacity in any way uh, if you're in that stadium if you're surrounding the stadium if you are you know if you're anywhere close to this tomorrow you ought to stop, take a second, and look around, take a deep breath, take everything in, and and just you know have a moment of, of gratefulness and gratitude because it's a it's a special thing. And uh, then oh by the way, there's a chance to make some history during the game and create memories you're going to have for the rest of your life, and that's pretty exciting. Anytime you have the opportunity to do that too. 
Brad, you talk about this being the greatest rivalry in college sports, and I totally agree. I've been following it pretty much day in, day out since 1982 when Bo went over the top. Since uh, since your fandom, since you you've been following this rivalry, what's your uh, what's your favorite Iron Bowl? Oh, um, I mean, it's hard to top. I was in the stadium for for 2013. Um, oh was not actually in the stadium for the kick six, six itself. I was out of the stadium by that point. But um, that created an interesting and special, unique memory, too, celebrating with people at a tailgate that I had no clue who they were. Total strangers, <laughs> and I stopped at a random tailgate to watch. Um, I was in Bryant-Denny Stadium in 2010 uh, for, for the comeback. Um, I say, and I think it's true, and I, I will always say it, that when, we hit Terrell, when Cam found Terrell Zachary on the second play of the second half, even though Auburn was still down 10 points, everybody in the stadium, whether they were wearing orange or wearing crimson, everybody knew Auburn was going to win the game at that point. Um, you know, uh, as a kid, 97, I was 16 in 97 when we had the highly favored team and Alabama was the heavy underdog. All we needed to do was win to win the SEC West and go to the SEC championship game for the first time. And um, they built a big lead, and they held us down until the very end when all they had to do was run out the clock. And uh, we force an Ed system fumble, and then Jared Holmes goes down and kicks his fourth field goal of the night, and Auburn wins the game 18-17. And I was watching the game at the time, again, I was in high school, and I was watching the game with a group of people. Most of them were Alabama fans. So mm. they were they were picking on me and teasing me most of the game. and. Then at the end, I and a few of the other Auburn fans, they were able to celebrate. So Brad, you know, of, only Mike Dubose yeah. would, uh, up in the Iron Bowl with 50 seconds left <laughs> to go, call a uh, screen pass to a fullback yeah. and then deny after the game that he had any idea that the play had been called, right? Yeah, that was that was special. Uh, when they threw the pump fake, or when they made the pump fake, you just looked at, what in the world are they doing? Oh, well, I guess that's safe enough. Oh, no, he fumbled. Look at that. <laughs> and then Quentin Reese grabbed it. So uh, that was – hey, I was also I was also in Bryant-Denny as a fan. One of my best friends was uh, in Alabama's music program at the time. And so he had student tickets, and he invited me for the 2002 game, mm. 02. You know, the one where they were supposed to win by 21 points. That was and at that game also. We, yeah, well, I was in the Alabama student section. I was one of Oof. two Auburn fans in the Alabama student section. Oof. And I didn't cheer the whole game because I was being cautious. And then when we finally pulled down an interception late in the game, it was clear we were going to win. I, I, like, fist pumped for the first time all game. And a, uh, a student about uh, 12 rows behind me threw a full plastic souvenir cup full of Jack and Coke oh. and hit me in the back of the head as soon as that happened. So... Man, uh, if that doesn't if that a. doesn't tell what this rivalry is, I don't know what does, man. Yeah, that's alcohol <laughs> abuse. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this though: I don't drink. I didn't mind at all smelling like Jack Daniels for the rest of the day. Did not care a bit. Was totally okay with it. That's fantastic. Well, uh, tomorrow has a chance to be another special Iron Bowl, Brad, and, and it's also ten years since the. Uh, most memorable finish in college football history. And just a couple of weeks ago, we got to ask you your your memories and your thoughts about the prayer in Jordan-Hare against, uh, against Georgia when you were actually working, weren't even there. Um, and then I wanted to get your thoughts 
thoughts and kind of where you were and what your takedown or breakdown is of the kick six, which has become the greatest finish in college football history. Uh, just your your perspective of what that play was and what it meant to the Auburn family. Well, what it meant was, I mean, obviously that's we've talked about that for the last ten years, I think, and it's become more of a way to memorialize Rod Bramlett and to remember him because the first thing you think of when you think of Rod is the kick six call. But for that team, it was the perfect cap on a, on a, it was the most spectacular ending to a game in college football history. And um, Auburn was going to win the game in overtime. I'm completely convinced. It's so different from, the miracle at Jordan Hare because Auburn was trailing. And if they didn't convert that fourth down, um, they lose the game and they lose the chance to have everything they had that year. Kick six, they're going to win the game in overtime. They had all the momentum. Mm -hmm. Every bit of the momentum belonged to Auburn at that point. Alabama was unsure of its kicking game. Uh, Auburn was sure in its offense. They were moving the ball effectively. And so Auburn's going to win in overtime. Anyway, I'm convinced. My story on the kick six is they actually let me off from working the Michigan-Ohio State game that year to drive to Auburn. Now, to make up for it, I had to work the Apple Cup, which was that year a Friday night Mm. game. A Friday night game. So the game ends, and I get on the road about 10 o'clock at night, driving from North Carolina about six and a half hours down to Auburn, and um, barely slept. I was so excited to be at the the mother of all Iron Bowls. and then for the game itself, I was in the stadium, in the press box for most of the game. And about midway through the fourth quarter, I left. I left the stadium. And I said, if we win this game, I want to be one of the first people at Toomer's Corner. If we lose this game, I don't want to sit in traffic for two and a half hours knowing I have to drive back to North Carolina after a loss. Don't want to do that. So I hedged a little bit, and I found a little tailgate spot that I could watch it was sort of between where I was parked and Toomer's Corner. And so the play, uh, obviously we tie the game and the play goes on and, and uh, the, the TVs at the tailgate are about 10 to 15 seconds behind what's happening in the stadium. But I can still hear the stadium perfectly clearly. So on the field goal attempt, I can tell he missed it because the crowd started cheering. So I go, okay, good, he didn't make the field goal. Mm-hmm. But they just kept getting louder and louder, and louder. And at this point on the screen, the kick is in the air. and go, well, that's more than just a miss. Oh, my gosh, did he run this thing back? And then, sure enough, he did. And I had told him, again, I didn't know anybody at this tailgate. I was just standing kind of in the background. But I had people jump into my arms, hugging total strangers, pandemonium on the scene. And then in khaki pants, a button-up shirt, and a jacket, I began to sprint full speed (laughs) to Toomer's Corner, where I was one of the first 50 or 100 people there and uh, and watched it fill up and, again, watched the pandemonium carry from the stadium to Toomer's Corner. Uh, something, obviously, will, you know, if you remember where you were that night, you'll never forget it. Man, that is a special moment, and it's always so interesting to me to to hear everybody has a different perspective and a different story on how they took that in, and that's really, really cool uh, to hear that from you. We're talking to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Coming up tomorrow, Auburn and Alabama once again in the Iron Bowl, and down the stretch in this season, Brad, we were hoping there would be a whole lot more on the line, I guess, and kind of up for grabs in this game, but that kind of had a damper put on it last week. 
We flip the page to the Iron Bowl, and the question that everybody has been talking about is how can Auburn forget about last week and focus on Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide tomorrow? Yep, understand that, and here's what I would say. How much did did the success at Arkansas carry over to the game against New Mexico State? None. How much? Zero. Absolute zero. So how much does the lack of success against New Mexico State carry over into the game against Alabama? None. Zero. Uh, These guys, it is not fathomable in any reality that this team would have the same attitude to its preparation or to the game itself that it had against New Mexico State. There is no reality where it's fathomable that the atmosphere inside the stadium is close to what it was last week against New Mexico State. And I say that in, in that it was there was no atmosphere last weekend. It sounded like a day, quite frankly. And that's a credit to New Mexico State, but it was it's not going to be like that tomorrow for sure. And all those things, I think, play in. Um, their ability to turn the page on Monday, it's not about today. If they're waiting to today to turn the page, it's far too late, and this won't be a competitive game. But I think they turned the page on Monday, and I think their preparation this week has been locked in, and I'm excited to see how they not respond. It's not about responding to New Mexico State. It's not about getting back to what they did against the three teams that they beat in a row at the end of October and and beginning of November. I'm excited to see how they play against Alabama, period, and separate from everything else. Can they stop Jalen Milrose legs? Can they stop Jace McClellan? in the running game? Uh, can they cover in the secondary? How are they going to score? Is Jarquez Hunter getting 20 carries in this game? I'm very excited to see the product of turning the page on Monday for this team. Brad, in 2007, Jordan-Hare Stadium welcomed Nick Saban to his very first Iron Bowl. Auburn taking care of business in that game, 21-14. to Previous to that, he was 0-3 while the head coach at LSU when he came to Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn. He is, for their standards, a mediocre four and four inside uh, inside those concrete walls. Um, so he's been here since two thousand seven. He's got eight games. Mm-hmm. Do you think this one Sunday might be the last one for him inside Jordan Hare Stadium? Well, we got to say, Saturday. hang on now. Yeah, it is sad. But we also got to say Jordan Hare Stadium, right? Because <laughs> we gotta we gotta go Jordan Hare. Yeah, so, that's right. I don't I don't know. He's got four wins to tie Bear Bryant for SEC victories, regular season. Something about his, something about knowing his ego tells me he wants a run to break that record. He wants to leave no doubt that he's the best coach that's, that's ever done it. And so I would love to see this as his swan song, and I'd love to see you know his last one go the same way Bear Bryant's last one went, uh, with Auburn celebrating a victory. Um, I just don't know that his ego will allow him to do that. Still four wins shy of Bear Bryant's mark at Alabama, quite frankly. Well, I think there's a lot to be said about that, and and I think tomorrow's result could play into that, but you never know. And I think that's what what we are all kind of going to wait and see, and I think college football will wait to kind of see what that becomes as well. Brad? Auburn playing Alabama tomorrow, double-digit underdogs in Jordan-Hare. It's the 2.30 start time. Um, it's, it's going to be the focal point of every college football fan in America tomorrow. How does Auburn pull the upset and get the win over Alabama in the Iron Bowl? I think it starts with defense. When you think back to the games in Jordan-Hare Stadium 
the last several go-rounds, they've been about the defense, um, even as wild as 2019 was. Let's go back to 2021. Auburn was only in the game because its defense did a remarkable job, a Herculean job of pressuring Bryce Young and all those NFL wide receivers. It was about Derek Hall and Colby Wooden and Ikuliota and all those guys. Um, you got to get pressure. In 19, sure, it was a high-scoring game, but there were two pick sixes, and they were both caused by pressure. Mm-hmm. So I like Auburn's secondary. Auburn has been turning teams over pretty effectively this year. Jalen Milrow has not faced an environment. He's been to Tampa, Florida. He didn't play in that game in Tampa, but uh, College Station, Starkville, Lexington. None of those three are Jordan-Hare in the Iron Bowl. In fact, none of those three are close to Jordan-Hare for an Iron Bowl. So if he's poised enough to step up and make plays in that environment consistently without making mistakes, more power to him. Um but this will be the, the most intense environment that he's ever been in. So I think it starts with the defense. You go back to 17, that defensive effort was dominant in shutting down Jalen Hurts and their running game and, and the rest of the offense to the tune of, I think, 14 points in that ball game. So defense has been such a major factor in these last few games at Jordan-Hare. I think that's where it starts. I think you got to get guys off the edge and Keldrick Falk and, and Jalen McLeod and then Eugene Asante up the middle. Um, you have to contain and finish the tackle on Jalen Milrow. Their offense is built almost exclusively around his running game of late, and it's been dynamic. Um, it's not enough just to get close to him. you got to actually finish the play, and those three that I mentioned are good at doing that. And then offensively, man, they have two, you know, two all-conference cornerbacks, potential all-American cornerbacks. It's going to be tough for receivers to win one-on-one matchups. So Rivaldo Fairweather is a key component of the offensive attack. I think you force-feed him the ball. And the same thing with Jarquez Hunter. I think if you go RPO, they're going to crunch the middle of the defense and force Peyton Thorne to keep. I think Jarquez needs 20-plus carries for, for Auburn to make this happen. you got to control the clock and stay on the field. Auburn and Alabama tomorrow in the Iron Bowl. Kickoff at 2.30, of course, here locally in Auburn, Opelika. You could catch the entire pregame festivities and the game broadcast over on Wings, 94.3 and wingsfm.com. Brad, you guys will get going at 11.30 a.m. for the Tiger Tailgate Show and then the countdown to kickoff and then, of course, kickoff at 2.30 between Auburn and Alabama. Enjoy the day tomorrow. Have a great call. Have a great broadcast for everybody there at the Auburn Sports Network, and we just greatly appreciate you and your time on this Friday afternoon. Thank you, guys. Tomorrow, as you mentioned, starting at 1130, we're going to have guests like Bob Harris, Carrion Johnson, Carlos Dansby, and some others that are coming up. So it's going to be a really great pregame show, and we encourage people to tune in, whether they're outside the stadium or not going to the game at all. Awesome, man. Well, again, enjoy the day tomorrow, but we'll talk to you next week to recap it all. Okay, Brad? Thank you, guys. You got it. War Eagle. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us during the Friday edition of On the Line. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins, and we appreciate Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines. He always has 
such great ways to put things and great storytelling and and just I, I just love talking to Brad about games like this um, that he just is able to put into into perspective into words that most people can't and so uh, we appreciate Brad joining us he's normally our Thursday two thirty guest but with yesterday being Thanksgiving we had him on today and we do appreciate his time got a couple of minutes before we get to our top of the hour break before we welcome in Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Our Alabama beat writer uh, who joins us on Wednesdays for Rivalry Wednesday, but having him on today to talk about the Iron Bowl. And uh, we know that Austin has some things to say about this game. We're going to get the full Alabama perspective from the health of the team, the momentum of the team, the preparation, how the fan base is feeling, all of that we're going to talk to Austin about in just a couple of minutes. Uncle T, what do you expect to hear from him? I think that's a good way to kind of wrap up this hour. What do you expect to hear from the Alabama perspective on this game coming up tomorrow? Well, if it's like anything else I've heard outside of our good friend uh, Doug Amos on the mid uh, on the uh, noon hour show, um, most Alabama people I've talked to are extremely confident. They're almost overly confident. It's, it's, it, as we get closer to the game, they're getting more and more confident. And I don't blame them. I mean, you saw what happened last Saturday. And, and I think before that, they, there was a lot of talk of the – of the Indian Barrel Ground at Jordan Hare Stadium and and all that voodoo talk or whatever, um, but uh, I, I think that they're going to roll up in here uh, thinking you know we're just going to take care of business in this old Iron Bowl and take it on to Atlanta and, and take care of business against Georgia because all I keep hearing about from their side is why they should be ranked ahead of Oregon. Yeah, which is crazy. And if Austin does talk about the confidence side of things, I'm going to ask him this very question. I'm going to say. Is Alabama or Alabama fans confident because of Alabama and how the Crimson Tide are playing? Or are they looking at last week and saying, oh, if Auburn can't beat New Mexico State, then Alabama, we're going to roll in Jordan-Hare Stadium, right? Why are they confident? If that's the answer, why are they confident? Is it because of what happened a week ago here? Or is Alabama confident because of what their team is doing? Because they're 10-1. and one. Great question. I mean, uh... Back to Brad Law real quick. Man, I could just listen to that guy talk for hours. He's great. You know, a long time He's great. ago, Jacob, long even before yours truly was born, and that's a long time ago, historians were all vocal, and it was passed down from generation to generation, and that's an old soul right there continuing that tradition. Yeah, Brad's Lucky great. to have him. Yep, we are very appreciative of his time, and, and just wish the best of luck to everybody at the Auburn Sports Network tomorrow for calling the Iron Bowl between Auburn and Alabama. And when we come back to start our number two, we'll talk to Austin Hannon from Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site, and get the Alabama perspective on the Iron Bowl coming up tomorrow in jordan Hare stadium we're less than 24 hours away from kickoff folks don't go anywhere hour number two coming up the following is an auburn network production Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Iron Bowl Eve here on the Plains in Auburn, Alabama. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We are underway here in hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and catch up with the show as a podcast on demand. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to our station website at ESPNAU.com. It's posted commercial free after each and every show. Well, coming up here in hour number two, we're going to continue talking the Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama. You'll get our full thoughts and predictions here in the second hour. But as promised, our Alabama beat writer, Austin Hannon of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site there in Tuscaloosa, normally joins us on Wednesdays, but he's with us here on Friday, the day before the Iron Bowl. Austin, great to hear from you, man. And we're looking forward to a fun conversation. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to uh, get into your neck of the woods. Tonight, actually, I'm staying with an aunt and uncle that, um, in my family, chose the wrong side of the rivalry, but uh, I love them anyways, and I'm excited to stay with them and, uh, you know, journey into Jordan Hand Stadium tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of always, it's always fun, you know, regardless of record, uh, when, when those two teams tee it up at the end of November to end the year, it's always a good time. Well, it, it should be another good one tomorrow, and we're all looking forward to it as we get closer and closer. We're less than 24 hours away from kickoff, Austin, between Auburn and Alabama tomorrow there in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Just give us your initial thoughts as you make the drive down here tonight, right? What's going to be on your mind about this game tomorrow uh, between the Tigers and the Tide? Really just, is this year going to be any different? Because it's been, what, 12 years now since Alabama went into Jordan-Hare Stadium and won like a comfortable football game. I mean, ever since 2011, when I believe Alabama won 42-14 to on its way to the national championship, since then, it's, it's been a nail-biter. It's been an Auburn win or it's been a tight win for Alabama. Everything seems to have been crazy ever since that moment. So what are we going to get tomorrow? You know, for, as a college football fan, um, you know, I hope it's a good game. I hope that Auburn brings its best effort, unlike last week. And I hope that we have a game that, you know, is exciting in the fourth quarter. Obviously, from an Alabama fan's perspective, I think that they don't want that, obviously, this year, just with, with everything that Auburn's been through and the way that Alabama's playing. You don't expect it. To, it, it shouldn't be close, right? Like, on paper, uh, everybody always talks about on paper, right? But not, not the actual game that plays out on the field. On paper, there's no way Auburn should win this game. I mean, they're, they're way, way less talented. Um, they're coming off a three-touchdown loss to a team from the CUSA. Um, and then you look at Alabama, who's won nine straight games and is looking to go to Atlanta next week and win an SEC championship. So uh, the teams are in very different spots right now, but we both know when, when this game happens at Jordan-Hare Stadium, crazy things happen. Records get thrown out the window. Anything that you expect to happen might not happen. So uh, I, that's what I'm excited for. I think I think it could be a good game. You know, As a fan of the sport and watching close games and liking covering close games, I hope that we see – you know, a better effort from Auburn this weekend. I guess we'll see. Uh, but at, at this moment, I, I just – I don't know how they do it. I don't know how it happens because in years past, it's, it's been because, okay, Auburn's offense has got a chance to maybe to move the ball a little bit. Maybe Alabama's defense is um, not up to par. And this year, it just doesn't seem that way. It seems like it's the opposite. It's Alabama's got a much improved defense this year. And then Auburn still can't find a way to throw the football two seasons in a row. So um, it, it, it's hard to – where Auburn makes this a close game, but I've been saying it all week to people. I mean, there's whenever I say something like that, it's got an asterisk next to it because we know 
what can happen in that stadium on the last weekend of November. So um, I'm just excited to see what happens. And, you know, this will actually be my first time covering um, a, a game at Jared Hare Stadium. So, okay. I'm um, looking forward to it a lot. And, you know, it should be it should be another good one, I think. Austin, uh, Nick Saban keeps a lid on player comments, on coaches' comments. So this question might be a little bit off the wall, but I wanted to get your insight on it. Our good friend and former Auburn player, Traverius Robinson, now on the Alabama staff, he played football at Auburn under Tommy Tuberville from 99 to 2002 and then started his coaching career as a graduate assistant here in 06 and 07 and then spent some time here as a defensive back coach in 2015. Any word on on what it would be like for for him to have to come back and uh, be on the opposite sidelines over at Jordan-Hare? Yeah, I'm not sure. I actually think it would be kind of cool if we had gotten him available this week to ask you know about that and uh, we ha- we did ask all the players about, you know, are you teasing him a little bit about him playing at Auburn and being such an Auburn guy, and now he's on the other side and he's coaching against the Tigers. Like, that must be so weird. And they're like, yeah, we've all been, you know, trash-talking Traveris all week. And, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's done an excellent job. Though, yes, he I, has. I think he's a guy that, that Nick Saban really respects and likes. And if you guys remember back in September, Lane Kiffin actually believed it was him that was, that was calling the Alabama defense and not Kevin Steele. And, you know, Steele's another guy that, that's been around Auburn a long time. Uh, and coached there for a long time. And so uh, it's very interesting that the two of those guys that really are responsible for this improved Alabama defense this year both came from Auburn, uh, both have ties to Auburn, and, and Robinson obviously played there. So um, I, I think the players have been giving him a hard time this week about it, but uh, there hasn't been really anything said about, you know, Travars from Saban or anything like that based on how he's going to react. I think. Uh, you know, it's going to be like any homecoming for anybody in any situation. It'll it'll be a special moment for him, I'm sure, and um, something he's probably really looking forward to. Yeah, follow-up question with him real quick. Uh, I said preseason that this looked like one of Nick Saban's uh, best defensive backfields ever going into a season, and no doubt that Robinson's made an impact on that. Where, where do you stack these uh, ball hawks back there in the Alabama defensive backfield up against other uh, – other teams that Nick Saban and, and had with just wonderful defensive backs. Yeah, and the debate has started all year. I mean, about is this the best duo of cornerbacks we've seen under Saban? And, and I think you can argue it. Um, Kool-Aid McKinstry obviously is going to be a first-round draft pick in April. Terion Arnold's inching his way towards the first-round draft pick in April. And they're just, they've been both so solid. In, in years past, it seems like Alabama's always had a great secondary, right? But in the big games, it seems like they would always get called for pass interferences at, at the wrong time. And they, they're, it seems like their technical skills would sometimes fail them in, in big moments. And that, we haven't seen that from these guys. And uh, Malachi Moore is another guy that's been for a long time. He, this is his fourth year at Alabama. And um, he's, an, he's an in-state kid. And, and so is McKinstry. And they both understand this rivalry. And and then you have all those veterans, and then you look back at the safety group, and it's Jalen Key who transferred in from UAB, and it's Caleb Downs, the true freshman. So um, it's a very diverse group this year, and they've kind of put it all together. And I think it's been really cool to watch just because last year, I mean, same, some of the similar guys were just absolutely torched by Tennessee and Knoxville for 52 points. They got torched by Daniels in the yellow shoe law. Um, and to see them kind of flip it around this year and become one of the better groups in the, in the country – has been special, and I think it says a lot about the job that Steele and Robinson have done. Um, and, and just on Robinson more, obviously we know Kevin Steele's aging, and, and at some point his career is going to be um, is going to end at some point. I, I really think that Travars might be a guy that's a sleeper candidate, you know, to be the next defensive coordinator at Alabama, just because David has so much faith in him, and it seems like he's giving him so much freedom to kind of 
do what he wants with the defense and make calls on the sideline and do stuff like that. So it would not be surprising to me at all if he is a successor and defense coordinator to Kevin Steele. And, you know, we t- we could talk about Nick Saban, too. I- I'm not going to go too far and say that Tremars is going to be the next head coach, but um, if he continues to do a great job and Saban continues to enjoy having him around and, you know, he's going to have a say in the next coaching spot. So um, he's a guy to just keep an eye on because he's young. He's got a lot of promise. He's got a lot of potential. I mean, I, I think he's done an absolutely phenomenal job with the defense this year. Interesting. I haven't heard a lot of people talk that much about him, and that I know I, I know he's very highly spoken of. But you broke it down really well, and, and kind of gave uh, some good, really good examples there. And, and, and look, if Nick Saban likes a guy, then you must be doing something right. And so uh, we'll see what that ends up being with the Alabama defense. We're talking to Austin Hannon of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama here during the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. The thing that has Auburn fans concerned, though, Austin, is that Alabama offense and Jalen Milrow, which seems to be getting better and better and better by the week. What is the the confidence level of the offense coming in to play this Auburn team that has a really good defense? I don't think the numbers quite show it, but this defense has kept Auburn in every single game this year. What's the confidence level like from the Alabama offense perspective? They just got to keep doing what they're doing, Jacob. I mean, this was such a group that had so many question marks at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, what who, what receivers are going to step up and, and what is Jalen Milrow going to look like? And is he even going to be the quarterback? And, oh, now the offensive line, you know, worse than the country in allowing sacks. And it seems like everything was stacked against that group early in the year. But since then, it's been one of the best units in the country. They, they seem to have somehow, some way figured it out on all ends. And that's the running back. That's up front. That's Milrow. That's the receivers. It, it seems like everybody has stepped up their level of play. And it, you're seeing it. I mean, I looked into the numbers a little bit. Auburn does have a good defense. Um, I think that they're, they're a little bit liable to giving up the big play. I think they're ranked the 80s or, or something like that in college football and allowing, you know, chunk plays, plays of 20-plus yards, stuff like that. And that's really been something that Alabama's been really good at this year. So uh, I think that's the big, the big thing I'm looking at this weekend in terms of Bama offense versus Auburn defense is can Auburn limit the big plays? Because if they can – We've seen this, I mean, and you're gonna and you incorporate the crowd into it as well, right? Things could get a little interesting, right? I mean, it, let's say that Alabama starts committing a bunch of penalties, the pre-snap stuff. I mean, false starts and holding penalties, and and next thing you know, Milrow throws an interception. Things like that will keep Auburn in the football game, but it's going to have to happen. They have to have it. Auburn has to win the turnover battle to win this game, I think, and they're going to have to obviously not just do things well on defense, but. Like we mentioned early in in this segment, I mean, they're going to have to do something on offense. Something has to happen. You know, Peyton Thorne, whoever whoever it is, is that quarterback is going to have to make plays uh, because there's never been a win by Auburn in this series in in recent memory that a quarterback hasn't, like, put the team on his shoulders and played a great football game. I mean, 2013, Nick Marshall played an excellent football game. Uh, You know, 2017, I thought Jarrett Stidham probably had his, if not the best, one of the best performances of his Auburn career against Alabama. Uh, and that win in 2017, and then 19, of course, Bo Nix had, had a great football game. So it, it comes down to the quarterback play, um, and I, I just I don't know. I, it's gonna it'll be a surprise to anyone and everyone if somebody in that group, whether it's Robbie Ashford or it's Peyton Thorne, can make enough plays to win this game. But you know, I mean, crazier things have happened in this series and this rivalry. So I, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if somebody pulls something out of the hat. Austin, uh, going back to 2000. 
the very first time I saw Nick Saban walk into Jordan-Hare Stadium as the head coach at LSU. I've seen him countless times since. He's had some issues inside the stadium compared to several other stadiums around the southeast. Will, be, will, will this possibly be the last time I see him live as the head coach at Alabama inside those concrete walls? I don't know. You know, that that's obviously the question that everybody wants answered and, and how long is Saban going to coach? And, you know, years ago, people would have said he would have been done by now. And it, it seems like all these classes he's bringing in, every year it seems like more and more five stars. And, you know, all the recruits say, yeah, well, when I had my conversation with Coach, it, he kind of sounded like he was going to continue to commit himself to me and all these other recruits. So, I mean, he just – there is no other better definition or representation of the term football guy than Nick Saban. And people laugh about it, and it's like – it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's like a Bear Bryant situation where football is something that he coaches and does and for the rest of his life. I mean, and then that includes up until the day that he ends up leaving the world. I mean, he just – it seems like he's so obsessed with the daily grind and, and the process and, and, and developing players and teams and – getting them to positions to win championships that like, I just can't really see him sitting still. And, and a piece of me is like, yeah, I, I think Saban could maybe, you know, call it quits and, and hang out by the lake for the rest of his life with Miss Terry. But at the same time, he just, he's so process oriented and he's, he does the same thing every day. I mean, he's like a military sergeant. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, more it, like would, a general. it wouldn't be surprising to me at all. Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all. If he does hang it up in a couple of years, I, I heard some swirls and rumors about it being this year being his last year. I don't agree with that. I don't think it will be. And nothing really um, has brought you know me to think that based on the way he's been acting. But um, when he does, I mean, it's going to be one of the bigger, bigger days in college football history. And uh, it's going to be an uphill battle from there for Alabama and this program, even though, you know, they've got the sustained success and they've got all the the history now, but it's going to be it's going to be a crazy day when he leaves because somebody's going to get the job and they're not going to do it as good as he did and um, I pray for Alabama fans because they're not going to be ready for what comes after Nick Saban. Tomorrow is the Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama. As we talk to Austin Hannon of Bama Central, our Wednesday guest here on the show, joining us on Friday, the day before the Iron Bowl. Uh, the, just it, it's the biggest game of the year in the state. It's one of the biggest games in the year across the country. You've seen the the list of recruits that are going to be here for Auburn. I'm sure you have. There are tons of guys going to be here. Uh, a lot of Alabama commits and Alabama faithfuls that are going to be here for recruiting, whether they're here for Auburn or whether they're here just to watch the game Austin we don't have to tell you who I was going to be here but one more question before we let you get out of here seems like Alabama fans are very very confident in this game tomorrow that the Tide are going to come in and just roll over this six win first year head coach Auburn team my question to you is this is the confidence because of what happened last week against New Mexico State for Auburn or is it just how well Alabama's been playing down the stretch? Both. And I think more importantly, it's last week's result with Auburn. Uh, because, I mean, if we're sitting here and that didn't happen and Auburn was coming off four straight wins and seven and four and, you know, winning the Iron Bowl and a bowl win, they're going nine and four. So um, I think if Auburn had taken care of business last week and let's say won by 20, 25 points, and were seven and four, and had won four games straight. I think there would be a lot more um, nervousness with the fan base. But I mean, Hugh Freeze said it earlier in the week: you, you can't, ha- your team can't be in a fog the week you're playing Nick Saban. I mean, mm-hmm. you just 
you can't you can't do that because you know the opponent, you know that they're going to come and bring everything they've got because this isn't a situation where you know maybe Alabama's overlooking Auburn because Georgia's there next week. Like this is the Iron Bowl. Like this is a rivalry. There's a lot of kids on that team now, not as many as there were in the old days, but there's still a lot of kids on that team from Trustville, from Birmingham, from Mobile. Uh, you know, and I, I wrote it in my story last night about Deontay Lawson. It looks as like he's going to play on Saturday. When he puts his jersey on, I mean, he, he's a Mobile kid that, that grew up watching this game. And Malachi Moore's from Trustville and, you know, Kool-Aid's from Birmingham. I mean, these guys care about this game. They, they want to beat Auburn. Um, and for the seniors, they're 3-0 and against Auburn, right? I mean, th- this is a chance for them to, you know, go a perfect 4-0 and in their career in Tuscaloosa, which Alabama hasn't beaten Auburn four straight times since 1981. So, um, th- this is a big game, and I think they understand that. And uh, there, there won't be any kind of, you know, overlooking coming from Alabama's side. And I don't think there will be from Auburn's side either. It's just going to be it, who's the better team. Um, will the crowd play an impact? And if if Alabama comes out and takes care of business and doesn't turn the ball over and and doesn't allow big plays or, or trick plays from Auburn, because I'm sure, you know, it, it, I know Hugh Freeze has got some stuff drawn up in the playbook already. He, there's 100. percent you know, he knows the personnel he has. He knows the struggles they've been having. And you're not just going to line up and run the ball. I mean, they did last year, but I think this defense is a much better. I don't think – I think Hugh Freeze knows that you're not just going to line it up and, and be able to, you know, sustain long drives against this Alabama defense. So he's going to have some stuff up his sleeve. Um, I, I'm interested to see if they try to use Robbie Ashford in the quarterback run game a little bit more this week. Because um, I, I believe Peyton Thor is dealing with a little bit of an injury too, yes? Yeah, I mean a little, a little bit. Nothing. I don't think anything that'll kind of hinder him or anything. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so it, it's. I think there's a lot of confidence, um, and I, I, I do have a lot of confidence that this game probably won't be too close, just based off of what I've seen um, over the last several weeks from both teams. Obviously, Auburn had a nice little win streak going there, but mm-hmm. I, I think that la- that loss last week was very damaging um, to the to the the mindset of the guys. To you know, the, even the fan base. I mean, there were a lot of people talking about Hugh Freeze all week. Is he the right guy for the job? And yes, he is. All right, you got to give him time. Uh, we're seeing the the great work he's doing, like you mentioned in the recruiting. Um, he's going to eventually have this thing figured out. It's just like he said all year. I don't know if the personnel is where he wanted to be at right now, and he tried to make up for it in the portal, and you know, didn't really work out. Thorn didn't work out like he thought it was going to, and. Um, you know, I think he's probably regretting some of the stuff that you know he ha- he had to bring into this program. I mean, it's it's tough. It, it's not easy to just start up at Auburn and, and just expect to win eight nine games in your first season. I mean, you're going to go through some growing pains, and he is. And I think last week was a big representation of that. And you know, Saturday might be a lot more. Austin Hannon of Bama Central. He joins us every Wednesday during On the Line. And today is Friday. We appreciate him joining us and, and, and mixing up our schedules a little bit with the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Austin, we appreciate you, man. You do fantastic work. And if anybody in, in our town is looking uh, to get some more coverage about Alabama before the game tomorrow, let them know where they can find it. Yeah, BamaCentral.com is where all of our stories and videos and podcasts and everything you could ever want will be. Um, and then I have a little bit, I put all that stuff as, as, and in addition to that, you know, give personal thoughts on, on whatever it may be, you know, Alabama stuff, college football stuff, um, funny stuff, you know, wherever, all that kind of stuff's going to be in, in Twitter X and you can follow me there at Austin Hand underscore and I'll have coverage all weekend from Auburn. Awesome, man. Well, hey, safe travels down here. Enjoy your time on the planes and we'll talk to you next week and hopefully recapping what's an exciting Iron Bowl tomorrow. 
Will do. Appreciate it, Jacob. That's Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Joins us here on the show every single week. Normally our Rivalry Wednesday guest, but joining us on a Friday afternoon before the Iron Bowl. Give us a call. Phone lines are open from here on out. 334-321-1390. We'll begin giving our thoughts, picks, and predictions for the Iron Bowl when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts, picks, and predictions for the Iron Bowl tomorrow. 334-321-1390. Uncle Tebow, and your thoughts about what Austin had to say from Bama Central about the game tomorrow from the Alabama side of things. Very confident sounding. Uh really did not get any kind of impression that he nor Alabama, according to him, seems very fearful of coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium. And it sounded more along the lines that, hey, we're not just rolling, but Auburn's obviously going to be down after that brutal loss to New Mexico State last weekend. Yeah, and and look, we know that any team, it doesn't matter if it was Alabama or not, like a team coming in after what happened last week is going to use that and look at that and say, okay, they can't beat New Mexico State. How in the world are they going to beat us, the big bad boys from Tuscaloosa, right? Sure. But in Auburn's case, you almost hope that's what they do. Oh, my gosh, I hope. You almost hope that's what they do. Now, will will a Nick Saban-led team, will he let that happen? There's a good chance that they won't, right? There's a good chance Nick Saban – will not let that happen. But what if it does, right? What if it does? What if Alabama comes in here just cocky and confident as all get out, as they should be? They're a 10-1 team. They're going to Atlanta tomorrow or next week to represent mm-hmm. the, the SEC West for the championship game and have a chance to make it into the playoffs. So they should be a confident bunch. But what if they look at last week and say, wow, what a what a sorry team that Auburn is. What a bad team they are. And they come in with that mindset, and Auburn comes in the complete opposite of what we saw a week ago. They're the most prepared team they've been all year. They're the most confident team they've been all year. They've got the best game plan they've had all season long. That would give Auburn a chance to win tomorrow, in my opinion. Psychologically, uh, that did happen before in this game under Nick Saban, and that was in 2021 because that was not a good Auburn team that was in far worse shape at that point in the Iron Bowl in the season than this one is, despite what happened last Saturday. Yeah, you had a one-legged T.J. Finley running that yeah, offense. I mean, that, and they had every opportunity on earth to win that game and put it away. Alabama couldn't do anything almost all day until the last drive and then got the momentum, obviously, in, uh, in overtime. So we've seen it happen before. You know, Nick Saban is not infallible. He is probably the greatest of all time. They have a fantastic football program, but what if – just what if they are looking ahead to that SEC championship game and all of a sudden they get punched in the mouth, perhaps like Auburn was looking ahead last weekend to the Iron Bowl. But here's the thing for Alabama. They cannot overlook this game. They oh, no. cannot do it. You Alabama cannot afford a loss here. If Alabama loses, they're done. They'll have two losses. If they beat Georgia, there's an argument to be made, but I think they're done. Alabama cannot afford a loss in the Iron Bowl tomorrow, so maybe that's the mindset they come in with. Maybe Nick Saban tells him, look, guys, this isn't just the Iron Bowl. You're having to win this game to give yourself a chance to play in the college football playoff. Maybe that's how they come into it. I don't know. We're going to find out 
But I think tomorrow... You're talking yourself into picking Auburn here. I can feel it. I can feel it, folks. Tomorrow has a lot more to do with Auburn's preparation and mindset than it does Alabama's. And we'll talk about why. I agree with that. When we come back, give us a call. 334-321-1390. We want your thoughts and feelings on a Friday before the Iron Bowl. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goertz. He is Uncle T-Bone with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. We're about to get to the phone lines, but let me just say this. Here we go. It's a bad day to be an Arkansas Razorback right now. They lost earlier today in basketball. Their record is abysmal so far. They played a tough team and tough schedule in some of their early season non-conference tournaments, but they lost again. And uh, prayers up for uh, one of their players. I, I was just reading through his name. I just saw it on Twitter. He got carted off today um, in in their basketball game. So we wish him nothing but the best. We're also watching the Missouri-Arkansas football game right now on CBS here in the studio. And K.J. Jefferson got slammed down and fumbled the ball. Missouri took over. They're about to go up 14-0. And K.J. He doesn't look – he looks like he's hurt. He looks pretty hurt right now standing on the sideline. Also, so there's, there's two results so far for Arkansas. And just a little update on what's going on over at Neville Arena right now. Auburn Volleyball taking on the number nine ranked team in the country. You guessed it, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And Auburn has taken a one-set lead, one nothing over the Hogs. So we'll get you updated nice. on that. So hopefully Auburn can get a big victory, probably the biggest one in program history later on today. Hey, Jacob, it, you know, every day is just about a bad day to be a Hog, though, right? I would think so. I would think so as well. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. How are you, man? doing great jacob how you on t-bone doing we're doing fantastic what's on your mind on a friday hey that uh, that gentleman you had on he sounded more like a fan than a reporter oh austin yeah well he's a he's an alabama guy there's no doubt but he covers alabama very well and and i respect his opinion well uh, let me say this Jalen milrose if you can take away his uh running ability he don't scare me a lick really uh that, now that's a big if nobody's been able to do it except texas and that's been my argument all year long. The only team that Alabama's played that's equal to their talent is Texas, and they beat them by double digits. That's why I don't give much of a chance against Georgia. Okay. I feel like Arkansas did a pretty good job against him, um, not letting him run up and down the field against the Hogs like he has done everybody else. Right now, Alabama uh, averaging 405 total yards per game. That has them number seven in the SEC. Only 176 of those rushing, 229 passing, number ninth in the SEC. This isn't the absolute explosive Alabama offense that we saw under Tua, that we saw under Mac Jones, that we saw under Bryce Young, that we saw under Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are susceptible to having a down game, and tomorrow would be a good time for them to start it again. The the guy that I look for tomorrow, um, the defensive lineman, number 50, I can't remember his name, Davis. Marcus Harris? Marcus Harris, Marcus Harris, I'm sorry. 
Uh, because I don't, I, you know, he can imagine. I don't think Alabama's center is that good at all, and I don't think the left tackle is that good at all. I really don't. There's weaknesses on that line. Take advantage of that. Yeah, they, and that's what we've talked about. Is and even I mean, Austin even talked about it. Alabama, their best way to win is to get Milrow out and get the ball out early. If Auburn can contain him and get pressure, that's how Auburn wins defensively tomorrow. Is get pressure, contain him in the tackle box, and make him, A, make a bad throw, get a sack or two, force some fumbles, do whatever you got to do to make him uncomfortable. That's how Auburn can win defensively. But as as has been the case all year long, gentlemen, I am not worried about Auburn's defense tomorrow. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. I think Jalen Mills frustrated. Jalen Mills frustrated. He'll make a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no question about it. And I I'm think not worried. You have to confuse him too. You have to mix up your defensive formations. You have to make him think that you're in zone when you're a man to man, and make him think that you're a man to man when you're in zone. If Auburn is out in base defense, hoping that their defensive line can just get to Milrow, they're going to get beat on some deep balls, and Auburn must. They must, like Austin Austin said from BamaCentral.com, uh, Auburn has to stay away from Alabama getting the chunk plays on them. If they give up chunk plays tomorrow, they're going to lose the football game. Well, let me give you guys my opinion on the game. I think it's going to be a carbon copy of the Tennessee game. I think Auburn could have a really good first half, maybe in lead to halftime. But I think Alabama make adjustments at half takes over. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, give us a score, know, I don't Terry. want that to happen. I don't like Alabama, but uh, that's, I think that's what's going to happen. That's which is fair, and we know Nick Saban is is one of the best at making you know halftime adjustments. But uh, you got a, a score prediction, Terry? Yeah, I think Alabama's going to pull away. I think it'll end up being something like thirty-four to seventeen. Okay, thirty-four ten, something like that area. Okay, right there. all right. Well, hey, Terry, we appreciate it, man. Happy Friday and uh, good luck, and uh, we appreciate you calling in. Take care, guys. That's Terry here on the phone. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I want to continue what I was saying. The sure. the Auburn defense. I have not been worried about him all year. The LSU game, sure, because of Jaden Daniels, and he's just a freak of nature and should be one of the favorites to win the Heisman Trophy. But I've not been worried about Auburn's defense all year. To going into a game, during a game, or after the game, that's the only one that you can point to and say Auburn's defense just got beat. And if I know you were kind of getting into, into the show at the beginning of the season, T-Bone, but for my listeners that were here, I said at the beginning of the year – there would not be a single time this season that you would sit after an Auburn game and say the defense is the reason you lost. You can go back and listen to it. I said that, and I still believe that to be the case tomorrow. Does that mean that Auburn's defense is going to hold Alabama to 200 yards and 10 points? No. There's a good chance Alabama scores in the 30s, maybe even the high 30s. But it will more than likely be later in the ball game, and if Auburn's offense has put up four points or 10 points or whatever – Right then the defense can only hold for so long. But I would be willing to bet that come this time on Monday, when we're sitting in this studio talking and recapping the Iron Bowl, there's a good chance that the defense will not be the reason Auburn loses. We will not be complaining about Marcus Harris not getting home and the linebackers not being where they need to be and the, and the DBs getting beat for big play after big play and Alabama hung 50 on Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I just don't think that's going to happen. The problem is the offense, as it has been all year long. Can Auburn get some momentum, whether it be quick slants, big plays, trick plays? I don't care. That is the concern tomorrow. Can Auburn move the ball and score? I mean, that <laughs> that's the million-dollar question. And just, you know, uh, quite frankly, off the top of my head, I'm going to say no. I, I want to get back to what Terry said, though. I think he's exactly right. Uh, Tennessee played – 
lights out against Alabama in the first half. Texas A&M did. Ole Miss played the best uh, part of their game in the first half. Alabama has made tremendous adjustments defensively specifically in uh, getting some stops. They made some great adjustments against LSU at halftime and getting some stops, shortening the field, and then taking some knockout blows. Uh, with the deep ball and with Jalen Milrow, you you must avoid those, and you cannot allow if they do hit a chunk play for them to hit more than one and get a big lead because Auburn's offense then is really behind the eight ball. This is not the most explosive Auburn offense that we've seen in a very long time. That's not shocking news to everybody. The Tigers only averaging 357 yards total. Uh, yards per game that's 10th in the SEC rushing the ball though is where I think Auburn can make some hay 194 yards rushing a lot of that is from the quarterback third in the SEC if I'm Auburn I'm going to establish the run tomorrow come you know what or or high water Mm -hmm. and I'm going right at Dallas Turner I'm going right at number 15 and I'm going to see I know you can pass rush and I know you can go Lawrence Taylor out there and make a difference, but you're not going to harass my quarterback. No, 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 tomorrow. I'm coming with double teams. I'm coming with chip blocks. I'm coming with pancake blocks. I'm pushing you past the whistle. I'm frustrating you, Dallas Turner, and I'm going to see if you can stop the run, bud. That's the thing, too, is I think Auburn has to show how physical of a team they are tomorrow. you got to rattle an Alabama team, which is tough to do, coached Very by tough. Nick Saban. But if you can do that – and Austin was talking about this earlier, force and you know force penalties and and false starts and holdings and maybe I don't know on sportsman likes whatever you know going after the whistle and and bad hits or whatever like those are the things that underdogs have to get to win games like this. You can't just show up and just say all right we're going to put our team versus theirs, our plays versus theirs, and hopefully we come out on top. No, that's not going to work. Not in this game. Not this year with these two teams. And so. Auburn has to find a way to do that. Can you get under the skin of this Alabama team? Can you rattle this team on the road in what is going to be the toughest environment they've played in by far this season? And I think that goes a lot on the players, on the leaders on this team, the the guys that have played in this game before. But it also goes on to the Auburn fans, right? The Auburn crowd. If the team gives you anything to cheer for, You have to be at your best if you're inside that stadium on Saturday. You have to be. Yeah, well, you know, I've never coached a a down of football in my life outside of the NFL, Jacob. That's the neighborhood football league, right? There you go. So, But if if I'm trying to scheme Alabama, right, and I'm trying to make something happen against the Tide, I'm going to look at the tape from the Mexico State game last week and see what they did a lot against us, and I'm in complete complete ball control mode okay and when i get a good play we're not subbing i get a 10 12 yard 20 yard strike we're rushing up to the line and not allowing alabama to catch their breath but i'm not going gus malzahn and just handing it up the middle then i'm Mm going to stop and i'm going to look around and i'm not going to allow them to sub and I'm going to get into some different formations. They may look at us in a formation and say, okay, they're prone to run this play that way, and then we're going to shift, we're going to motion. We must see all of that kind of trickeration, eye candy is what people like to call it, against Alabama tomorrow because if we're in base, like we said defensively, if we're in base offensively and we keep giving them the same looks, they're going to suffocate 
our offense. They are. And this is a huge game for the running game, for the offensive line. Uh, Jarquez Hunter has to have another big day on the ground, and I think it can't just be him. More people than him have to touch the ball on the ground in motion or swing plays or or just check downs. I mean, other guys have to get the football in their hands. And I look at guys like Brian Petit. I look at guys like Jeremiah Cobb. Those guys have to be involved tomorrow on the offense, and they've got to help Peyton Thorne out because he has to have a good game. He cannot have a mediocre game of 13 of 17, only getting 13 completions for 94 yards and no touchdowns. That can't happen tomorrow. You have to get some scores and some big plays and you got to avoid the turnovers, which hasn't happened a ton for Auburn, but when they are and when they do, they've been bad Peyton throwing interceptions. And if you do that against Alabama, you close the book, go to bed, it'll be over before you know it. There were a lot of good play calls in the Texas A&M game that Auburn didn't hit, whether they were a drop pass or whether they were overthrow. I seem to remember a couple of wheel routes with Javarius Johnson that were wide open. But I'm with you. You're going to have to get some backs in the backfield <clears throat> multiple backs Mm -hmm. i'd like to see betty and hunter both in the backfield at the same time or even put a wide receiver back there and get them out into the flats get them let's let's run a couple of true screenplays what do we know about our good friend and old coach kevin Steele? right in between the 20s he's going to play a lot of bend but don't break but the moment you hit him with a big play or you get a turnover he's immediately going to bring a lot of pressure so keep that in mind Right, And when Kevin Steele's – when you've hit him with a big play and you anticipate the pressure, do what New Mexico State did to us on the goal line when we brought – and Larry Nixon got completely lost. Yeah. Hit the guy out of the backfield and take what the defense gives you. Don't try and press it. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly here. 334-321-1390. K-Bag, you're on the line, man. Got a couple of minutes. What's up? Hey, good afternoon, fellas. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. What do you think about tomorrow, K-Bag? Well, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really prepared at the moment to uh, let you know what I really think about tomorrow. But this is just one thing I want to say out there to the Auburn family: tomorrow's going to be a great day. The weather's going to be perfect. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. But we're all going to need to do a little bit something extra in order to get our team where we want it to be tomorrow. That includes us as the fans. That includes the trainers on the sidelines. That includes the coaches. That includes the mic man. That includes the DJ and the student section. We're all going to need to just just do a little bit more than we're accustomed to doing on days like on days like Iron Bowl is tomorrow. Because you know we understand that we're behind the eight ball a little bit. Alabama's who they are, and honestly and truly, us as an Auburn football team, we all know who we are. Yeah, K bag. I'm. We know. Yeah. We're all going to need you a little bit extra tomorrow. So everybody just come prepared to do a little bit extra, and I think you know we're just going to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, I'm with you, K-Bag. Uh, this is uh, not just a football game in the great state of Alabama. Uh, it's momentous. It's it's you know it's the Iron Ball. But more than anything to me, it's just a good old-fashioned revival, like hundreds of thousands of people just letting it rip all at once in one day. And you can recall several Tiger Walks where you knew, K-Bag, especially where you tailgate, where you knew Auburn was going to be ready to play, and it's because the fans were right there getting them pumped up. So get down to Tiger Walk, and uh, and let's go punch that bully in the mouth. Let's do it, fellas. Warrior. 
Appreciate the K-Bag. 334-321-1390. We'll take our final break, come back and wrap it up, and our final predictions for the Iron Bowl tomorrow between Auburn and Alabama here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down before we get hyped up again tomorrow for the Iron Bowl. This is the Friday edition of On the Line. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins, and we got just a few more minutes here inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Uncle T-Bone, it's almost here, brother. Tomorrow, this time, we'll be in Jordan-Hare Stadium. We will be hopefully cheering for what's a good game, an exciting game, and Maybe an historical game for Auburn football tomorrow. They are double-digit dogs tomorrow at home when Alabama, the number the number eight team in the country, comes to town ten and one, taking on the six and five Auburn Tigers. I'm looking at thirteen and a half for Auburn now. So yeah, lines maybe dropped. lines drop just a hair. Maybe people jumping on Auburn just a little bit. Uh, thirteen and a half for Alabama favorite over under forty eight points total. Um, before we get to that, I want to update you. Auburn Volleyball still on top, one set to none over the ninth-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. They trail by five in set two, 18-13. So keep up with that, and hopefully Auburn Volleyball can pull off a big upset and start the weekend off strong. When you look at this game tomorrow, we, we have talked about every narrative, all the different things going into this game. Auburn being underdogs. Auburn coming off the bad loss last week. All of the recruits that are going to be here this weekend that are trickling into town as we speak, right? Everything that goes into this game, the history of the Iron Bowl, how throw out the records, throw out the numbers, this is the biggest and best game of the season in college football. Your final takeaways and predictions for what you think is going to happen tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Well, first of all, let me echo K-Bag statements that we talked about in the previous segment. Uh, Auburn fans need to show up in mass, be loud and proud. Do not be afraid. If you have to just drop down and do a body getter right there at 8.30 in the morning to get fired up, get it up for two bits, four bits, six bits a dollar, Jacob. I don't care what you got to do. Get in there and make that atmosphere electric. Not necessarily just to give the Tigers a chance to win the football game, but because of recruiting, this is probably one of the biggest, if not biggest, recruiting moments in the history of Auburn football moving forward. Big-time recruits coming to Auburn begets wins, then big wins. Big wins get more big recruits, and it's just revolutions, man, like that guy said in the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. There you go. On the wheel and stay on it forever, and that needs to happen. That being said, there is an actual football game going to be played, not just some Auburn religious revival like I've talked about and uh, the emotions and the experience of it all. That's for the fans, but inside uh, inside the hash marks, they'll go at it again. Auburn and Alabama, look, I've seen enough of these games, no matter where they're played, that when Auburn is mediocre and Alabama is really good, outside of just a miracle happening, the Tide handles business and they handle it handily. I think it'll be a very, very good game in the first half. And I think Alabama will come out and outclass and outgun and out horsepower Auburn. Look, I don't like 
comparisons in football because if you beat a team A and they beat team B, you should beat team B. That we saw that last week. I mean, New Mexico State was beaten by uh, UMass. We beat UMass, so therefore we should beat New Mexico State. That's not how that works. I really, though, look at Auburn and see some similarities in what Kentucky's put out on the field this year. If you match those two teams up in a bowl game, I think it'd be a heck of a good game probably in the Liberty Bowl. Alabama went into Kentucky, although that's no Jordan-Hare, excuse me, and took care of business soundly. They're playing really good football. I think Jordan-Hare gives you at least a 10 points advantage back. Alabama beat Kentucky 49-21. I've got the Tide winning 39-21. Auburn cannot let last week affect them in a negative way, but it should affect you in a positive way because there is no doubt in my mind that Auburn did not prepare the way they should have for New Mexico State, and that goes all the way up to the head coach himself. If Auburn can avoid that and turn that around and have Hugh Freeze's fingerprints all over this football game tomorrow, Auburn's going to have a chance to win. And I think if you give yourself a chance to win, or at least if you make yourself competitive in this game, that allows the Auburn fans, the Auburn faithful, the Auburn family to get back on the horse, to let the recruits see how special of a place this can be and what they could be a part of in the rebuild moving forward. If Auburn gets blown out tomorrow, bad things are going to happen. But if Auburn can stay in this thing and be within two scores come the fourth quarter and by the end result, I think that's all you need. We all want Auburn to win. And we all want Auburn to win badly. But Auburn doesn't have to win this game tomorrow. But you do have to show up. You do have to be ready. And you do have to play. Do I think Auburn wins tomorrow? No, I don't. But I do think Auburn learns from their mistakes and gets up and gets ready and plays a really good football game against Alabama tomorrow. Will it be perfect? No, not by any means. But I think if Auburn comes in and prepares the way they should and has learned what they've learned about this rivalry, they will know how important it is to everybody who will be in this town tomorrow, and they're going to show up and play. I think Alabama wins, but I think Auburn competes, and I think you get what you want out of this game tomorrow from Auburn and head coach Hugh Freeze. Enjoy the game tomorrow, folks. It's the Iron Bowl. Get up and be there. Be loud, and enjoy the game tomorrow. Hey, reminder to everybody, 1030 94.3 FM, game day on wings, Jumping Jack Hudden, Uncle T-Bone, and we maybe have a special guest there as a third partner for us. Rome was not built in a day, people, and neither will this rebuild, but I think we're on the right track. Let's take a 30,000-foot view of the entire rebuild of Auburn football, and tomorrow will be a lot of fun. Maybe we get in there and get something and get going quickly, Jacob. You never know. Until Monday, 2 to 4, here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.